This is episode 119 of the Rising Man Podcast with Trevor Spring. What have you done with your wildness? Good rising family, blessings out to all y'all risers out there representing the Rising Man movement. My name is Jetty Azuma, and I'm sending my prayers and thoughts out to all of you guys, whoever and wherever you are. I know we're living in some crazy times, but it's beautiful. And the beautiful thing is, is that we have each other. We still have this place where we can create whatever we want in this time. We have this opportunity, this privilege to rewrite many things that have been written for a long time. And as I've said many times over, the Rising Man mission is to initiate an entire generation of men so that our children, our children, all of our children, and the coming generations have strong masculine leadership to guide them into these uncertain futures, these uncertain times. Never been more true for me than it is in this moment. So after two years of clarifying the Rising Man message and establishing our roots here, it's clear to me that what we need most as men is brotherhood. We need a space where we can realize that we're not alone in our challenges, that we're not alone in our fears and unique in the obstacles that we have. So right now, when we're isolated, when we're quarantined, when we're restricted in our mobility and our ability to connect with each other directly, we need to find a way to connect with each other beyond that. We can't let this social distancing practice and separation protocols deter us from connecting and creating brotherhood. So if you've been lone wolfing it, if you're one of those dudes who is out there and you don't know which way to go, if you're struggling and if you're having a hard time in your relationship with your partner, if you're finding that you don't have a place to confide in the deep, dark things that are going on for you, then the Rising Man tribe's got your back. Just go to risingman.org, check out our virtual men's circles, the fire circles, check out our four-day vision fast initiation compass, which is going to be getting up real soon, as soon as these quarantines end, all the video content, everything we've got is over at risingman.org. So go check it out, become a part of the movement. Let me tell you about my guest today it is my man, my brother, Trevor Spring. He is a men's embodiment coach, founder of Wild and Wise, a men's archetypal embodiment experiential workshop and Wild and Wise Online, an online course of health breathwork and brotherhood he's also the director of the oahu chapter of boys to men mentoring hawaii and is a husband father and stepfather specializing in emotional primal embodiment and the underlying states of health required to house mature masculinity trevor has spent the last 17 years working deeply as a holistic health and movement coach after years of doing his own under unlayering process of men's work with groups like the mankind project and other organizations it became clear that an old self and new self integration was called for wild and wise has truly come alive at the sacred sons convergences where i experienced this myself and has become a pillar of the sacred sons experience of masculine alchemy in this episode I became very honest and vulnerable about my own aggression, anger, and the healing that I experienced from Trevor's work, specifically about how I was managing my anger and my expression of authority to my son. So you guys might have heard me talk about this in previous episodes, but Trevor was really instrumental in my healing process and the workshop that he created, Wild and Wise. So we dove into that. Trevor and I engaged in a dialogue about our masculine energy and why it's important to learn how to direct and command that energy. We spoke about the wild energy that we inhabit as men, why that's become demonized by society and why we need to reclaim our wildness as men. We dove into how a man can reclaim his wild power without becoming a loose cannon and how to do that for yourselves wherever you are and what we can do to create community around this reclamation of our masculine power. So this and so much more in the episode, but I'll leave that for you to hear. Without further ado, Trevor Spring. 
All right, fam. I have an amazing man here with me today. A man who I just told him before we started recording this that he had perhaps the greatest impact on my life in 2019. A very close brother of mine now, a man by the name of Trevor Spring, joining us from Oahu. <laughs> I almost said Maui again, Oahu. <laughs> Good to have you here, bro. I'm grateful to have you and to tap into your wisdom today. Thanks, Jetty. Super honored to be here, sitting face to face with you, having this cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> having that virtual tea, man. So I want to give everybody some context about my story and, and what was so impactful about the experience I had with you out at Convergence with our bros. You know, shout out to Sacred Sons. You guys bringing me out there. I didn't know that I was about to get a bomb dropped on me, but it happened. And I was so grateful. But before I do that, let's just get the contextual question down. For you, what is the difference between a boy and a man? Oh, this is so good. Well, number one, you know, I do, boy, I do mentoring for boys as my full-time job. Boys to men mentoring in Hawaii. And this was the question for all my groups yesterday, for three groups. We teased it out really well. So one of the some of the main things is that we have all the surface, the exterior representations of, of men. Our bodies change. We hold down jobs. We support people. We cook food for other people. We, we hold space for other people in a physical way. But then the, the inner aspects are that, and some of the boys said, oh, I make mistakes, so I'm still a boy. And I had all the men raise our hands because we make mistakes too. The difference is that we are able to take responsibility. And then some of the boys suggested apologizing and or fixing if, if appropriate so that we can take responsibility for our actions. And I even take it a step further and say responsibility for our life and our creation of, of our experience and, and our impact on other people. So that's like the core tenet of how I differentiate boy from man. And then we took it into some playfulness, some like games and some actually a couple of the drills from Wild and Wise from the workshop. I'm working with these boys, some, some, hard, some hard kids from, from here, from some projects. This one particular kid, I ended up in the game with him. And I've never seen this boy so joyful, so boyish, you know? And so watching this really hard kid get super boyful, boyish. and, and <laughs> Boyful, I like that boyful. word. Boyful. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, good. And then teasing that out and saying, was that not manly to have fun and be playful? No. So that's the other aspect is being able to also hold and be playful and be be useful and be in our bodies and be connected to our, our breath and our hearts and take responsibility for our lives. That's that's man right there. Full spectrum. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. And, and we hear responsibility talked about, spoken about on The Rising Man. Whenever I ask this question, it's almost the, the unanimous agreement is that there's a level of a degree of responsibility that we take that's a good marker for that transition into manhood but also what i'm hearing and what you're saying is the willingness to take corrective action because sometimes we can take responsibility on our mm. mistakes but then really wanting to make things right or maybe that's not the the terminology to to make things good to be back in good relation with whatever the breakdown was that there's that's another side of it it's mm -hmm. one thing to say i'm sorry but to actually figure out to go into solution mode, creating problem solving, that's, that's huge. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, this is like a common thing in masculinity and men's work is like, don't be a fixer, you know, tr don't try to fix things. It's not about even necessarily fixing. It's about show me, show me that you're sorry, change the pattern, change the pattern. And I got that in, in my personal life for years, you know, show me, don't apologize, show me and you know, grow change the pattern. Yeah. yeah, that's great, man. And so that that's a good that's a good pivot point into sharing my experience. So I actually did an episode, a mini episode here shortly after convergence 
because I just wanted to capture that. It was it was so impactful for me. And so for those of you guys who remember me sharing that story, I, I'd spoken about a challenge I'd had with my son. He's four, almost four and a half years old now. Very wild, very physical, very in his body, and also very determined and strong-willed. And his whole life, even from when he was a baby, it's been a challenge for my wife and I, specifically for me, to to be with that degree of confidence of personality. And it's funny because in, in reflection, even after I was out there with you, I realized that he represents my younger brother because he's a, exactly the same character and personality of my younger brother. And I was much more of an obedient, good-natured, non-confrontational kid. But my, my brother had just a whip of a tongue. He's six years younger than me, but he could just push my buttons, man, and drive me to that physical, because all I had over him was my physical dominance. So I would just dominate my brother and then obviously get in trouble for, you know, wrestling him around, you know, swinging him around. So that's one thing that was illuminated for me was that there was this old pattern where I felt disrespected, unappreciated, taken, made to feel less than by whatever my younger brother was saying to me back in the day. And here it is manifesting again in me as an adult. Only now, back then at least I was a kid. I still felt bad about it because I was the big brother, but now it's like, I'm an adult. This is a, a young child. And here I am exerting my physical dominance over him. You know, I won't go as far as to say that I beat my kid or even physically abuse my kid, but I have definitely used excessive physical force to wrangle my son and his emotions. And I see you raising your hand. I know I'm not the only one. It's still so uncomfortable for me to say that. And so I, the, I told you I was committed to bringing that here because I know there's a lot of guys out there who have done that before. Mm -hmm. And there's so much shame wrapped up in that for me. Who am I as a father? I, I do all of this work in the world, but who am I if I can't even control my own emotions with my son, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So perfect storm of experience to jump into your wild and wise workshop and to see that that physical expression that is lying dormant at me just needed a different avenue in which to be expressed. Mm. A safer container, pushing up against guys that were my size or bigger and letting that energy come out. And so it was tremendous for me. And every single man, every I'm, I'm not even excluding anyone in this, every single man needs to go and spend time with you, Trevor. You guys gotta follow this yeah, guy. Baby. You gotta get, find, you. A, find your way into a Wild and Wise workshop because if we don't express these energies, then they just live within us, right? Mm. And they, they come out sideways, as they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the mess spills on the people that we love, the people that we want to be here to protect. So, so just opening up with that narrative, I'm going to hand the reins over to you and you help me pick all the gold out of this juice. Mm. Yeah, thanks, brother. Appreciate that so much. Man, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a papa too. I have two daughters. And I actually have two older stepkids that are 13 and 19, but I also have two, two daughters that are five and seven. And like, man, just, just like, even just like using my body to direct my kids rather than my words takes away their agency. And it is, it is using power over. It is like this dominating energy. It is imbalanced and it's from a place of fear and control. And that's not what I want to embody, but I've done it numerous times. And no, I've never hit my kids. I've never beat my kids, but the level of defiance and non-compliance that I've gotten from my kids, like just no in your face, you know, is mm -hmm. ma it's maddening. So I'm, I'm really there with you. And it is the most heartbreaking thing. Part of this, this embodied practice of what wild and wise is, was the, mm -hmm. 
it was the bridge and we can talk about where it came from within me, but it was the bridge from men's work in chairs in a circle in our stories into the body, um, which was just a pivotal shift in men's work for me. I love what you just expressed because it's just such a potent, because I know you're a physical being. I know you have a dense physical history of, of the way you've expressed yourself. And I know you're a heart filled man and, and to see, you have that kind of download in the in the workshop is like is really impactful for me. It's like you know it needs to be bridged in ways, and it needs to be also witnessed and experienced with other men, mm. so we can build that level of solidarity together to create mm. that safe space where we can be just totally tapped into our like raw, ferocious energy and also our lover at the same time. Because um, mm. that that's what I've, I've spoken a few times that that was like the bridge for me it was like. I disconnect from my heart. Like when I was in a hard argument in the past with my partner and I would disconnect from my heart and it would be kind of like all bets are off. Like we're, it's each of us out for ourselves. We're going to do whatever we can to win. And I hated that. I was like, wow, I'm totally not connected to my heart. And once I started experiencing it over and over, I was like, I got to do something to, so this, that's how like the lover into the warrior bridge for me. Yeah. So your story really lands because it's just like, that's the piece. That's what this is for. Yeah. And, and I had some other powerful reflections afterwards that I haven't even gotten a chance to share with you yet. Mm. One of them for me was being in that arena, you know, literally like in the, in the terror dome, the dome. <laughs> going, throwing down with my brothers. <laughs> uh, I felt that, you know, my, I felt my heart rate go up. I felt parts of my DNA start to awaken because I did a little bit of wrestling when I was younger. And yes, I've done martial arts and I've been physically in my body a lot for most of my adult life but the, th the way I was expressing myself in those exercises with you I haven't practiced before I've never done jujitsu I've never really rolled before but yeah my body kind of knew what to do mm -hmm. and there was this sense of the desire even I'll even call it a desire to go to battle that lives in me that for a long time I've been afraid of I used to be afraid of that because the social narrative I inherited was that masculine and male aggression is dangerous. It's destructive. It's there's no place for it in our society. That's bad. That's wrong. You know, scrums on the playground. You go to detention. It's every every single layer of maturation tells us that, in progressively more so, that this is not welcome here. And so, I just contained it. And I think that's what a lot of us are doing. Yeah, and we're we're also suppressed, and we don't even know. And you know, we could go into the the narrative of how our culture is built into all the reasons for the dysfunction, but we don't need to go into that. I think we can just agree that we live in a suppressive culture that doesn't know how to create safe containers for rites of passage, doesn't know how to create safe containers for full self expression. So our role as as adult parents and just as men for ourselves is to know how to create safe containers for boys to go at it in a healthy way. My dad bought mm -hmm. us, bought my brother and I wrestling mats and put them in the basement. And I was like, go do that. And I trained against my little brother. My whole youth, we would roll and go at it. You know, and then I'm a dad and I don't have that. It's like, how do I take, how do I bring that back into my life? So I have that level of, there's this DNA activation. It's like, we've been doing this forever. And yes, aggression is wrong. Power over is wrong. Anger and it, because there's the way I differentiate it is, is there's passive and there's aggressive. And in the middle, there's assertive. 
And most of us mm-hmm. stay away from assertive because, and we stay in passive men in modern culture, being the provider role, being the good man, because we don't want to be aggressive. And we stuff it long enough. We'll let our boundaries be crossed, be shut down from our emotions and be like suppressed in our language and, you know, our voice and our breath. And then we'll go, we'll get triggered enough that we'll go right into aggression. Shame happens. We shut down even more. And so it's Mm -hmm. this cycle. And so this workshop is for starting to crack that shell and unearth it and start to like bring us into this place where we can be more expressive vocally and in connection like the whole workshop we're like connecting pausing making eye contact hugging giving fives giving recognition so like imagine if we knew how to take our sons if we lived in the same community and we had we had boys and we'd be like hey let's meet up and let's do some physical practice and we'd let the boys go at it and let them get really assertive with each other because Mm -hmm. aggression in in a cultural way in the totalist framework where we're using power over it is totally imbalanced, but it's our job to create safe containers for that energy, that big energy to flow through us and to practice techniques and to do takedowns and to like be, and to be really like in our power in a ferocious kind of way. Like that is warrior energy. We, it's our job to channel it in a healthy way. It's not destructive. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I, I came back and I was just so blown away by what I experienced. And I, I thought immediately to myself that there ought to be, a place for this in every community. And the mm. fact that there's not, we only have ourselves to blame for these aggressive outbursts from our, our young males. You know, I, I, we don't have to go down this road because I do talk about this a lot, but when we talk about the increases in gun violence and, and just violence in general being, being conducted by young men, mm-hmm. when you look back, you don't have to take long to connect the dots. There's, there's some very common threads and themes that are happening here. To me, it just, it just speaks to the necessity that we have for it. And I know that you're a champion for that. Myself and other men, we're champions for that. But it, it may take a while. It may take a generation or two to rewrite this culture and this belief we have around physicality. But I know for me, and I saw a lot of other guys in there who probably have never in their adult lives wrestled a full-grown man. But the... The sense of joy, like you said before, and also, wow, this is what I'm capable of. It's almost like when you know what you can do, you have a little bit more direction and intentionality behind it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of guys that just blow a gasket one day, it's because they didn't really know what they were capable of. They didn't realize how hot the the fuel was underneath the surface. Mm-hmm. And how much power so, is in the body. How much power is in the We are powerful dudes. I mean, I came out of that like, wow, I could, I could, I could go up against guys that are almost twice my size and, and at least give them a good fight. Right. <laughs> you know? Totally. So it, it's empowering. Yeah. And I loved witnessing you because like you, you said, I don't have a wrestling background, but I know you are in touch with your body and your physical and so to watch you activate in the workshop, you know, and to do a solid double leg takedown with never really being taught how to do it, for example, mm-hmm, is like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is, this is natural, like martial arts, combat training, like it, it is like hand to hand training. I think it's a, an essential piece as long as it can be held in it in a generative container that's grounded and that's like heart connected and like personally in contact with the person that you're with and then also processed out. So that's why the magician around in the workshop, like, you know, you experience that. Now I'm going to, I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to tell you what that was for me. I'm going to tell you what I felt leading up into it, all the fear that I had and all the doubt and all these old programs of, of these cultural 
doctrines of how masculinity is expressed and the fact that I'm not safe around other men and all these things that might that come up for men. Man, I just love seeing men step, get through those blocks of fear and reservation and move to like mm. taking another guy down and finding what they're capable of. I think it inspires a sense of, of agency and again, assertiveness that can be carried relationally through in business in friendships like i'm going to show up for this boom i'm here with you and then i don't think men activate and it's about activating the nervous system you know like pow uh-huh. i'm on wait okay Whew, i'm online you know i'm online and i'm not going to be i'm not going to be dominating with you but i'm going to be online and be here with you stand in my power and be loving yeah yeah i mean the benefits of it just spread so so beyond what we've spoken about here even in my relationship with my wife, I noticed in reflecting on this experience that I exude not big bursts of, but almost like pressure escapes of this energy in my relationship with my wife when I'm not taking care of my energy, when I'm not finding ways to express it and let it go. And so I realized I was like, this was another shameful spiral I almost went down was, wow, not only am I going to battle with my son, but I'm going to battle with my wife. That does not feel good. That feels so backwards. That is so opposite of how I thought mm-hmm. I was showing up in the world. And obviously, it's not a it's not a broad stroke. It's not like I'm going to battle with her all the time. But even just to notice that, it's like, whoa, that's that's huge, man. I don't I don't want to be doing this with the people that I love. In fact, but I also don't want to dismiss the energy. I want to take that energy. I want to redirect it into something that's constructive, right. not destructive. So maybe you've got something to say about that. Totally. I'm a big supporter. I'm a big advocate in like the courses I teach and in my one-on-one work of men at least exposing themselves to nonviolent communication to learn how to, to learn how to hold space for others, to learn how to track their energy and to learn how to reflect others and then learn how violent language can be. And so I think that we need to have these physical outlets. And then we're still in a hard conversation with, with a woman who's like, my woman is activated. She's amazing. And she's, she's powerful and she's intuitive and women have that Mm. womb connected intuitive you know self and sometimes they can be so cutting with it that and and my partner can i'll just own it that i'll feel like a bumbling you know a bumbling male and sort of like i don't know what i want to even want to say and so i would get in that way in the past and i would i'd be compensating for that insecurity or that feeling of of not being good enough that that's coming up and then I would, I would be aggressive in my conversation, in my language, shaming, blaming, dismissing, that kind of thing. So learning language, learning the energetics of language and relating in that way is like a really good pairing to this physical outlet, to learning to track our energy and then also learn to use language skillfully. Because um, this is a, you know, I have a, I have a powerful partnership with, with Elisa. It's been almost 10 years that we've been 10 years that we've been together. And, um, you know, we have kids and we both grow, have grown tremendously individually and bringing that into the relational container over the years has made me develop all these skills and all this self-awareness. And it's been out of necessity that I created Wampum Box, been out of necessity that I have physical practice, it's necessity that I have brothers that I can share these things and say, man, I was totally, totally aggressive and dismissive and insecure and immature in my in my argument with my woman last night and be a boy about it, you know, and, but just own it, recognize and start talking about it so that we can create these other channels to make it, Mm -hmm. to make it a healthy way. 
So we're not, Mm -hmm. we're not repeating the cycle and passing that on. And it's powerful to hear a man of, of your experience and your stature and your caliber express that too. I think it's so easy. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm imagining the guys who are listening to this, who may hear the stories we're sharing or see how men like you and I show up in the world and see themselves as less than or inadequate, or how can I ever get to that place where I'm holding it down? It's, it's not, it's never about that. It's never mm-hmm. about you finally become wild and wise all at once. In fact, there's no, there's no graduation in that, right? It's, it's an ongoing evolution and becoming of who we intend to be. Even after, like you said, years and years of, of mastery and practice in this, there's there's still so much to, to learn and experience. Yeah, and you know what? I was just telling you when we got on that I just came came into this conversation hot out of a, a lovely conversation in the backyard among the plants sitting down having this, it was like half an hour. She and I just dropped super deep and just into all this stuff and all these skills that I'm talking about of, of like tracking my body of tracking my breath, of like being grounded, of watching my facial expressions, my eye movement, and my energetics of space holding, my language, all those things were online in that conversation, all of them, like out of necessity. So, and Uh and that's it. And I was like, and I'm like at my edge, like we don't sit in this relationship, in this partnership, we don't sit and just like get comfy. Like we try to, we really play our edge a lot all the time. We're at our edge and all those things are online. So I'm constantly at my edge. And so for men out there that are feeling like, I don't know if I can grow. I don't know if I can change. I don't know if I can evolve and become the man that I need to be, or that my partner wants me to be, or, you know, I don't know if I can really do this. I was totally there. I've been there a lot of times for years and you might not notice that the change is happening, but it happened. I didn't notice it was happening. And over the years it's happened. And suddenly I'm like, Oh wow, I have picked up a lot of skills. And they do work together. And I, I do have a, a level of ownership over them. And uh, that feels good. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I, I know you've seen hundreds of men probably at this point go through this specific workshop and, and this work that you're putting out in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk about some, some fears because mm-hmm. I, I remember stepping into the dome and just looking around the circle, just taking everybody in, taking the temperature of the room. It's, it's kind of what I'm accustomed to doing. Mm-hmm. And I could see every man having his own experience. There was definitely some fear, some excitement, which are very, they're very closely paired. Nervousness, mm-hmm. you know, see guys like kind of moving side to side, shaking things out, like trying to really get, be there, ground. So uh, I know for myself and for some other guys, there's, a, there's fears around not only will I, could I hurt someone else in this, but I might also get hurt. Right. So, so maybe, maybe we could speak about some of these fears a little bit and, and even the value of, I remember you came out of the one I was in with like your head was bleeding. You were like, you know, banged up on your head and there's elbows and knees and all, all over the place, but guys were just smiling. <laughs> right. Well, there's so many directions I could take that. <laughs> but, uh, but you Wherever know, you want to go, man. the first thing is like, you know, just to, to take it from a broad level, like a high level culturally, we're, we got to name that, man. We're always, because we're in a, a patriarchal construct where we were handed this normalized way of scanning for threats and comparing and competing for, for resources that are assumed to be finite, whether it's money or property or partners or you know whatever it is, we, we come from that lineage, all men. We have to unlearn that. So the, cool, the coolest thing about Wild and Wise is that it looks like that from the outside. So everybody steps in with that program online 
like sizing everybody up sort of like, Oh shit. You know, like a little bit going on at the same time, a little bit of like compensating for that shit feeling by peacocking a little bit, like puffing up, you know, and like, or just shrinking away how everyone responds to it different. And so that fear comes in and that's my favorite moment. Honestly, my favorite moment of the workshop is once everybody's settled and I give everyone some uncomfortable moments to like, and you know, everyone, I encourage everyone to walk clockwise, walk the dome to like pick up pieces of rock and just like get grounded and stay in their bodies and shake it out. And everyone ends up circled around the brother dome. And I love inviting everyone to take a breath and naming the fear and saying, there's a lot of energy here. There's a lot of, I understand there's a lot of uncertainty if you haven't experienced this before. And this, this is going to be intense. And I want to, I want to name that fear and invite everyone to take a breath into that. And then also name that this is a safe space and this is different. And to me, that's the first shift from the outside world and from the old way into like, boom, this is different in here. And then we start to filter down through that like filtration process of the workshop and to get to this, this place of like holding, I should say. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just, I love that process. I love watching how men move into the fear and how valuable that is to move into the fear in a good way and in connection in contact with the brothers, like to be still really in the heart and really, really be able to keep eyes and really be able to be in a healthy place. And that there's space for when things come up and get too intense to pause and process it. You know, one of the, I think it was the last wild and wise of the six that I ran for the last two, those, those two convergence weekends, there was a conflict between two men and we had to pause and clear it, totally pause the workshop everyone circled around. There was some facilitation to clear this conflict between these two men. And that's like the ultimate that there's like a, a space where two guys actually want to fight mm -hmm. and we were able to, to clear it and then move, move forward. And there's definite tension, but like, man, that's the, that's like the most potentiated, most powerful place to move through fear into a place where there actually is intensity, actually is, is conflict actually is these things that we're afraid of. And then we go there and we're still safe. And there's this like, ah, oh, there's like a reinforced level of interpersonal safety that we can get there, keep inside of us, and then take, integrate back out into our life out in the world. And yeah, man, learn to move through fear more skillfully and stay in our bodies when we're in fear. That's, you know, and that's the other main thing is that I think most of us don't realize because we, again, live in this disembodied culture where we learn to ignore our impulses and our desires and our. Uh, our feelings, our deepest needs, our longings, and that when we're in fear in our life, that we'll actually leave our bodies. And we're, we're like in our heads and we're in the future and we're in, in other people's feeling bodies and we're trying to, or we're in our surroundings and we're actually not embodied. And this, this level of shutdown over cumulatively over time is what causes this disembodied state where men are not connected to their lover, that all their parts, you know. Because yeah. I think you, I think you literally can't continue to live and exist in your body with that level of suppression. So we have no choice but to disembody, to disengage, to escape, whether it be through substances, through mm -hmm. sex, through anything that can lead us away from what we're actually experiencing internally. Because that much energy will cause combustion, <laughs> and because combustion leads to you know, pretty big consequences in life, we just disengage and, and detach completely. But the 
contrast or, or the other consequence to that is that we lose access to that vital life force energy. Mm -hmm. We lose access to, you know, the words we use to describe the energy. Sometimes for me, it's, it's I've experienced it as anger and rage, but I know that has a bit of a negative connotation on it. I'll just call it big masculine energy, like my internal fire. That energy, when when I channel it with intention and purpose through a narrow tunnel, instead of just letting it explode in my face, mm -hmm. is it's it's tremendous. I've been able to accomplish and achieve incredible things when I do that. But that's really the discipline that we're talking about here is being able to wield and direct that energy instead of just being at the mercy of it. Mm -hmm. And to do that, we have to stay in our bodies. We have to be here to be able to ground that energy or else we're putting it up in our heads and we're creating systems that are disconnected from the earth that like consume her resources in a way that, that's irreconcilable or we, you know, we just totally disengage from our bodies and numb and shut down and do these addictive pattern cycles that you're talking about. I, I found an interesting one for me also coming out of the workshop was that I've loved samurai warrior hero movies my whole life. That, that motif and, and the archetype of the hero and the warrior who goes into battle. And after this workshop, I recognized that it's especially the moments in those movies, like in, in Braveheart, when he's like, they may take our lives. And they, and they give these epic speeches. It's like, it gets my heart and my blood boiling because I'm experiencing what my body wants so badly to experience vicariously through another man's expression. And we see it in sports all the time. LeBron James hits the game winning shot and he's standing on the table beating his chest. Those things that only in certain contexts are they acceptable? Mm -hmm. Like on, on a modern day battlefield. But I found myself just like, oh, well, that makes sense. That's why I love this stuff is because I've wanted to experience in some way, even if it's just witnessing that expression. But it's a whole different thing when you get to experience it yourself. When I got to step into the arena and be the warrior and be like, this is fuck. This feels great. <laughs> I feel awesome right now. You know, I'm oh, bloodied. I'm hurt. You know, I'm hurting. So I remember the second one I went in there, some guy fell right on my sack and just crushed oh, my nuts. Oh, God. <laughs> and, That's right. And, I remember that. And I, and I was just like standing there. And, but I was, I was like, damn, this is the happiest I've ever been after getting smashed in the ball. <laughs> you know, like smiling through the pain. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that was another big one I came away with. I, I think it just reinforces things we've already said, but. I really want to be sure to spotlight anything that a man can relate to because I do believe this is a mark of our generation mm. where we get to be difference makers and change makers. And I just respect so much how you're doing it. man. Mm. I really hold you in that high regard. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. Yeah. And that's, I love the hero and warrior piece you're talking about because, you know, in, in Jungian psychology and the archetypal stuff that the, the hero is like the negative pole of the warrior. That's like, it's like there's an imbalance. And I know not the way you're using it, but the, the hero energy that we see in these movies, it's like this sort of like godlike experience, you know? And there's this like real sense of like superiority. That's like the negative aspect of what we like in that work. We're kind of like licking our chops, like, oh yeah, I want that. Mm -hmm. And like there is that sense, there is a sense of that in the workshop, but it's in a real humbled kind of way that I, the way I experience it. Like, yeah, I, I wrestle in most of the workshops unless I'm too banged up from another one. And yes, everyone gets totally bloody and there's a real, real healthy boyish expression of that. Everyone's knees are skin. Guys are sending me photos of their knees a week later saying, saying brothers for life, blood brothers for life, you know, in messages. And, uh, and there's like a, and these are mature men, like men that I really respect and men yeah. with heart. 
and then that are, are available for real deep connection. So there's something in that, like skin knees and going for it and going down. And there's a, like, to be real, like there's, it feels good to take another man down, to step in and be like, all right, let's do this. I, I like that. I, in the workshop, in the, in the end of the warrior round, I make myself available to be challenged just like any other man. So I'm not separate or above everyone. Um, maybe it was in the workshop. I think it was in the workshop that, that one of them that you did that I got challenged four times. And that's yeah. what, why my face was bloody. And I was like, man, and you know, I love that. I, it was hard. It was hard. It was big for my ego to be like, damn, really? Okay, let's do it. And you know what? I love, I love taking another man down, but with heart. So like naming that too, like that warrior hero aspect, like it feels really good to do that. And, and I was also taken down in the workshop for the first time too. So that was like a really healthy place for me to meet with of just being like, yeah, I love this. And I got taken down. Um, mm. So yeah, it's just like, it's so rich and we can all be, we can all win or lose in any moment. And like that healthy warrior, that healthy hero that you're talking to is like, comes so alive in the workshop. The dirt, the being in nature is a huge part of it. Cause I've held in the early days of the workshop, I held it in a yoga studio. And then I held it on a beach here in Waimanalo on Oahu. And it was like very different each time. It was like, wow, this definitely has to be outside. It has to. So everyone has been held outside. And I think they always, ideally always will be, unless they're on mats in a jujitsu gym. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing I don't think that we've covered in this so far is speaking directly about ego. Because ego is... Ego is ramped up in that play, especially when we first get in there and before you set the container. So I, I would just love to hear some of your perspective on ego, because I know a lot of times we hear ego and we think it's bad. I don't know if that's how you hold it, but where does ego lie in, in this work and, and where does its place in inside of a man? Mm. Yeah, beautiful. Man, it, without an ego being online, you can't step in the middle of the container. You can't mm. step out to invite a challenge or to step into a challenge without a healthy or without an ego being active. You can't step out there and do it. You can't be in connection with the man you're drilling with, with the man you're playing with in the love around. You, you can't do that. So it takes the ego and it brings it more into the center in a healthy way. And then it also, there's these less healthy. So there's like, I see it as a spectrum between shutdown and between, be, between like hyperactivity, like a, like an insecure, compensating, bravado kind of ego. And that, that also comes, gets really apparent. When a guy picks up another guy and slams him hard or gets overly aggressive, everyone, because of the level of the, the container is real, it's sensitized, so to speak, right? It's kind of like mm -hmm. everyone feels everything in their bodies, in their hearts, in their minds, in their eyes. Everyone's just like, everyone knows what's happening in the middle when it goes down. And if somebody gets, you know, too amped up, then everybody knows it right away. And I think that's a really humbling, I've seen it, and it's a really humbling thing to, for men to do. And I think it's really good, just Chris, for the mill for uh, taking that back into life. So I think it, it brings the ego into a state of, of real balance. And there can still be the you know, dysfunctional um, use of the ego. And there can also be shutdown. Like there's men that no shame that aren't ready to step into the middle. And maybe that's just them being true to themselves and really being like, yeah, I really don't need it. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's one of the many ways that Wild and Wise really impacts the way men walk back into their life is a sense of like relationship in, in relationship to their own body 
in relationship to another single person, which we can really take into partnership, which we can really take into like when your boss is challenging you on something and you feel this sense of fear because it's, it's similar, right? They're both primal. My boss calls me in and I'm afraid of getting fired and I'm sitting across from my boss and he's drilling me. I'm going to have a similar physical response on a subtle level, but, but I'm going to have a similar physical response to when I say, okay, we're moving into the warrior around. Imagine the color red coming down the container. Feel how you feel how that changes things between you and your partner in your own body. How do you feel now? You know, it's like the same thing. It's like you gotta, you're, you're met with that in the real life or, or somebody talks smack to you. Like, man, I got a great story. I'm getting off the plane on the way back from the convergence one, the facilitator training and convergence two. And I'm getting off the plane and this guy had been listening across the aisle, been listening to like death metal the whole time, just super loud. It's like drumming on his legs and he's just got a lot of like amped up energy. And I got up and I'm walking and I stopped to get my bag and this, I can tell this guy's amping and he's really impatient and he's really like aggressive energy. And he like runs his bag right into my legs. And I just like stopped and like calm, calmly toward, turned towards him. And I was like, excuse me. And he's like, you okay, man? You know, kind of like on his toes. And I was like, um, yeah, man, if you just give me some personal space, I'm good. And he's like, you got a problem? You know, kind of like that. And I was like, wow, coming out of this experience with all these connected men, I'm like, wow, I'm being called into this right now. And I definitely felt energy in my legs and my belly. And I was like, yeah, just keep your bag away from me. Thanks. And just like took my bag and walked slowly off the plane. It was like real slowly. And it was like, I'm, I'm bringing this work from the, from all this confrontation that I just facilitated and held this heart space and all this. And I'm brought in this, the real world. So it was jarring in a way, like disconnected, amped up, no, no, con- like no contact. And suddenly I'm mm-hmm. faced with that. And I was like, wow, okay. And it, it drew, it drove me into a place of being like, yeah. And I'm going to ground this work in a really real way right now by looking this man in the eye and being gentle. But firm. Yeah, I love that story because it's just an illustration of an opportunity to live and have your life experience on your terms. I think about the spectrum that you described before, of which is which is brilliant, by the way, for pass, passivity and aggressiveness, and then somewhere in the middle is, is assertiveness, and and where we all lie on that. You know, I come from a background of being more passive, uh, non-confrontational in my upbringing, and learning to bring my my energy back to the other side. And in life, if we're not choiceful, if we're not grounded and present in our bodies because of the practices we did in the past, then in the moment, we we probably just default right back to where we lie on that spectrum. Right. And just kind of let people walk all over you or be the guy that says, hey, you got a problem, bro? And it's, oh, just, yeah. it's just a reflection of what we've been practicing. If we've been practicing that way our whole lives, that's all we have access to. So mm-hmm. this is a really cool illustration of that, man, because that, that's what life, that's one guarantee, if there are any, is life is going to keep presenting opportunities for us to, to, to choose how we show up or just be reactive and then do what we've always done. Right. And to spiral and keep it being addicted to distraction, numbing. But yeah, yeah life, life will always provide the opportunities for healing and holding. Like no matter what, we'll keep facing the same spot on the spiral every guarantee that's great I, I love what you said also about the e- if you can't step into the middle if the ego is not engaged in online like that's, that's been an important reframe for me because just going back to when i thought having an ego was a bad thing you know even just the again the social narratives around what ego actually is and really just looking at it is no this is what keeps me alive mm-hmm. this is something useful <laughs> you know nature the creator wouldn't have given me an ego if i didn't need it at some point 
Uh, and also it's a tool. Everything is a tool. And how and when and where I use my ego or engage my ego, it can be up to me if I if I learn how to be with it. Otherwise, again, it's just an operating automated system I don't have control, right. any control or influence over. And I see that as like an invitation into more sensitivity with self. Like we have to have that sensitivity with ourselves to relate to our own power or our own empowerment. And I think there's a lot of, there's a big spectrum of experience in men's work where men are like, we need to soften as a global culture, period. We need to get more sensitive, period. We need to be more, more like hanging back and assessing and, and to be able to, to take in information rather than acting, you know, unconsciously. And I, in the early on my journey of growing, you know, eight years ago, I was in a, a big level of spiritual bypassing of like disembodiedness. I cut, I cut off my physical practices. I stopped being vigorous. I stopped. I didn't know breath work yet. You know, I'm, I was in this level of like disempowerment on my path towards like a more deep spiritual, authentic, empathic way of being. And I was also had no boundaries. And I was, I was just like trying to be a nice guy. And that's only that's like denying this creative fire that we have inside creating this yeah. like that, that you said creator gives us we're just denying it and you can only do that for so long until it comes out sideways or you have a nervous breakdown or depression so cr let's create channels i i love the vision of having a gym in, e in every town where that's like a like a jujitsu gym or a space outdoors where men are physical and they also process no, it's that, that pairing that I'm just so, so passionate. And there's evidence for it too. I've heard so many anecdotal stories. They make movies about the kids from the projects who, you know, the, an ex-boxer opens a gym and brings them in and they, they turn it around just because they needed that outlet. They needed somebody who can hold that container and, and know when to intervene and when to let that energy be expressed. So, I mean, it's, to me, it's a no brainer, man. And I, you know, I, I truly hold the intention is it is in my prayer. In fact, I was just praying about it last night inside the sweat lodge, just praying for spaces for boys and girls to have exactly what they need, you know, before, before I breathe my last breath that in this lifetime, we get to see that. And I think this is, I don't know anybody who would disagree with this. <laughs> yeah. I don't know them. I don't know everybody, but to me, it's a no brainer. Um, I just want to spotlight one more thing you said before we start to wrap up the, like you said, the sensitivity of the container how everybody knows what's happening in there. Cause our senses, like you said, are so online, so engaged in ways that for a lot of us, we don't experience every day. That's, that's such a real and relevant description mm -hmm. of that environment. I wanted to spotlight that. Cause I, I think there's a lot of guys who might say, well, this, this isn't for me, or I, I can't do that because either I'm not physical enough. I'm not in good enough shape. I'm afraid to step in those senses come online when given the opportunity. And that's really what you've done here yeah. is you've given men the opportunity to come into a safe space and let all these programs come online and then see what happens. Cause it gets messy in there. There's, there's a couple, it's, it's not, it's not all clean, you know, 30 second, you know, shake hands and let's go. There's a couple of times where you could see the egos flaring up. You see someone goes down and get a little more banged up than just the skin knee, all kinds of stuff happens. But if we can't create spaces like this with intention and heart and purpose, then where can we go? Right. Like I said, coming out of dropping my kids off at school this morning and like just being like, <laughs> man, this is, this is a like people need to shut down to get through life. People need to shut down their sensitivity. People need to shut that down. And I think we're, we're all living in that un unknowingly, like where we're not supported by our social environment. 
to be really sensitive. So we have to buffer some of that so we can just survive. And this is a place inside that container is a place to like reactivate, reactivate healthy touch with other men. What? <laughs> Where does that happen? Um, you know, That's a whole episode right there. <laughs> exactly. Um, to reactivate healthy, healthy movement in my own body and moving in a way that's congruent with the lover, with that's fluid and, and not masculine. I'm not, you know, I'm not doing back squats I'm, and looking strong. I'm like moving in a way that's sensual and reconnecting with those parts of myself, like just creating a t- container for like those two things. And there's so many other things like that, that are like core principles of the workshop. Um, so reactivating that the sensitivity and the connection to the emotions that, um, that is why I think this has become such a, it's become one of the pillars for the sacred sons for the convergence weekends and for all the EMXs and all the other experiences that are there. It's like all, getting men to, to be able to teach this. And some of the other sacred sons guys are leading the wild and wise workshop in the weekends, in the EMX weekends. And like I said, I, I have that facilitator training coming up in March on Maui to teach other men and i've got a bunch of guys signed up already from around the world it's crazy so i'm i'm just really excited about not being the only one to hold the medicine because it's hard on my body <laughs> um, <laughs> and and i can't be gone from my family so enough um, sure, to be able sure. to spread this in a way that's good so teaching men to hold it to hold that level of responsibility and sacredness and embodied embodiment and healthy healthy masculinity that's also challenging, but very safe is like, man, I'm passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's, it's great, man. It was, it was an honor to witness you in your work. And uh, again, I can't endorse what you do enough. I, I told you before we started, I'm guaranteed I will be at, if I can't make the March one, then the very next one that I can make, I will be there because mm-hmm. I, I know, I also know what that means to, to have medicine and not know that you can't be the only one to carry it and uh, very drawn to it. So again, just encouraging everyone to go and check out what you do. Uh, before we wrap up, I have like two lightning questions for you and then you can tell us where guys can go to sign up for Wild and Wise. You ready for that? Epic, let's do it. All right, so what is one thing you've learned in your life that you wish you knew back when you were 18? <laughs> that I'm enough just as I am and I, that I can relax and just be myself and all the things that I that I fear that aren't enough, those are actually the most beautiful aspects of me in that I, if I cultivate them, I become more of myself and bring my medicine to the world by, by trusting that I'm enough and that those things that I deny or suppress, those things, those sensitivities, those oddities, like those things that make me uniquely me are exactly the medicine that I'm then here on this planet to bring to this life. Hmm. Well said, man. Well said. And what do you think is the most important value to have as a man? Mm, self-respect. Self-respect. I like that one. Self-respect. All right. Hit us with the hit us with the links, the socials, mm. the websites. Where can we go sign up? Whatever you want the guys to know. Right on. My website is trevorspring.com. You can sign up for it. There's no link yet there for the, the Sacred Sons weekends. But you can find me on Instagram. I'm wild underscore the word and. So wild underscore and underscore wise or Trevor Spring on Instagram. And you can find the link. I have an online course as well that's for physical practice and breath work. It's six weeks of brotherhood to get deeper into your body and in connection with brothers and connection to your own feeling body. So that's on there as well. So Instagram is a good place to connect or you can connect with me through sacredsons.com. 
all the programs are there. The EMX weekends, my facilitator training. Yeah. So those are the spots. <laughs> awesome, man. Obviously no shortage of opportunities to get in the ring with you, man. So you guys open your calendars and just find a date that works to get out there with Trevor. Cause truly, man, it was the most impactful experience I had in 2019. And it's, uh, it's helped me create a more healthy physical relationship with my son because mm. we do enjoy wrestling. And for me, <laughs> for me to just be more clear in my intention and how I want to direct that and also how I want to lead him and his energy is, I mean, come on, man. I mean, you're, it's priceless. It's priceless. So I'm, I'm deeply mm. grateful. Yeah, brother. Like I said before, hearing your story and your experience and, and also with the level, you're not coming, you're not just starting this work. You've been doing this work within yourself and in your community and in your family for a while. So to like hear that you have that level of just powerful experience and that you're bringing it back to your son and to your marriage. Oh <laughs> yeah. So it's really, really deeply inspiring. And I'm grateful for us. want to just, just reflect to you, just what you're doing and what you're expressing, what you're opening and holding for men in the, in our collective is just is vital. And I, I appreciate getting to meet you in person and feel you. And I look forward to us wrestling at some point we didn't do that um not yet <laughs> and um and you know just going deeper into connection so thank you for all that you do and thanks for having mm, me on likewise man well we'll definitely get you back on here again for another episode of anything that we could talk about because we could do this for days i'm sure but back to your family back to your beautiful wife and children and the beautiful island of oahu man i appreciate you so much awesome brother thank you this was such an important episode for me to share with the Rising Man community. My own journey with my anger and my aggression and how I express that and how I command that energy, that masculine power that I have has been a huge learning for me in this past year. And I know that I'm not alone because I know when I spoke about my experiences, losing my cool with my son and trying to navigate that space, I had so many fathers reach out to me and express the very same. So. It's an opportunity for us as rising men to declare a new standard for how we show up, for how we command and direct that energy, and not to abandon that energy, but to embrace it, to discover and learn more about it and know how to direct it, when and, when and where it's appropriate to direct that energy and how we can do that appropriately so that when we do so, these boys, these young children, sons, nephews of ours are getting the best example that they can. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope it had some magic in there for you. Remember to take action. Become a bigger part of the Rising Man community. Sign up for our Rising Man Fire Circles, our virtual community, so that you can be a part of this Rising Man movement and get deeper into the work that we're doing here. If you're feeling called to take a bigger step and mark your passage into manhood, to clarify your purpose, you can apply to join us for our next Compass four-day vision fast. All the information for this and other opportunities is at risingman.org, including show notes for links and resources pertaining to this episode and Trevor and the work that he does. You can find it all at risingman.org. Please subscribe and follow us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Leave comments, leave reviews, leave those five-star ratings if you're listening on iTunes so that we can keep jumping up those charts and showing up in more men's ears and access in their hearts. You like what I did there? Yeah, that was off the top. <laughs> All right. Check us out on Instagram at Rising Man Movement and on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the Rising Man Movement. That's where we're at for all those Monday morning meditation episodes. We got video format and new video content coming out all the time. So go subscribe so you get that video each and every week. 
Shout out to my Rising Man Power Team, Mark Rose, Ryan Wilcox, Julian Subic, Sean Offenbach, and Rowan Tyne. Appreciate all the work that you guys are doing, helping this Rising Man movement continue to grow. Because to initiate a whole generation of men is a big mission. I need my team. And so thank you guys for being my stalwarts. Until next time, rise up and claim your destiny.